anyway. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, that should be enough, and I will cut all of that out. So, uh, hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe. I am Max. I'm JR. And we are joined today by Mickey Alexa. Uh, hi. Uh, welcome. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so if you, if you are a regular listener of the show and don't, re- don't recall the conversation that prompted this, Max and I recognize that w- while comics deal with a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different voices, we are a bit heterogeneous in terms of our perspectives. Uh, and so that prompted us to kind of want to talk to other people about uh, representation in comics and what that entails, where where it's succeeded, where it's failed, and where we go from here. So uh, that's what we're trying to do today. Um, so, uh, Mickey, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Mickey. I'm a, a Canadian journalist. Uh, I used to cover mostly crime and uh, politics, but uh, lately I, I've decided to kind of take uh, uh, my energies, my creative energies, uh, and put them towards something that is far less stressful, or at least I thought was far less stressful, discussing culture, comics, and movies. Turns <laughs> out that's that's the road straight to death threats from some people, which is uh, unexpected. But, uh, uh, oh, yeah, right? It, you have one little opinion about one terrible film and suddenly everyone wants you dead. But um, uh, I, uh, I recently started, what was it, in, in September, I started a YouTube channel that uh, kind of does, it, it's, it's stealth, historical, cultural uh, uh, reviews of, of cult, like uh, uh, movies and TV and such. Uh, but mm-hmm. it, it's called My Gender is Cinema, and so a, a lot of people kind of go into it assuming it's just going to be nothing but trans stuff. And the truth is, it's accidentally ended up being a film or a show about the Cold War. So I don't know how that happened. Uh, you know, it, sometimes you can't help yourself, and it, it all slides back in. Uh, but uh, the other big theme of it is absolutely representation and how representation uh, occurs in media, not only representing uh, uh, voices that don't necessarily previously get any uh, any att- attention, but also uh, characters and perspectives. So, you know, obviously, uh, I- I'm sure in terms of films, uh, uh, you can think of a handful of trans characters uh, off the top of your head that are clearly not trans actors or good faith trans characters like uh, um, uh, the villain in Ace Ventura. I love Ace Ventura. It's a fantastic film. That ending is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been done well if you say got like a trans actor or, you know, allowed someone in, in, in the know to kind of write that character. Like it's a, it's a cool reveal. It's the jokes that come after it that show the lack the, of the perspective. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> guys really like yeah you know and 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 here's the thing uh between that and the crying game 
those were oh, and and uh, there's there used to be a performer I can't remember their name, but they used to do the half and half. Oh so, yeah. So like oh, one yeah. side was male, oh, one yeah, side was female. Yeah. And so those three things are my or were my primary cultural uh, experiences with trans people for over a decade. It, it was that. Yeah. A decade later, actually seeing someone on Jerry Springer, and even then, it's on Jerry Springer. You're you're not getting kind of like this isn't is you know this isn't like a documentary about the actual lives of people. These are professional performers yelling you don't know me and then yeah, throwing chairs actively being train wrecks like exactly like, yeah you have to wonder how good faith that is as well <laughs> right, yeah right. It's, right. Like, right. it's like all power to you for being uh, uh for having a career as a professional guest and a lot of these people are professional guests it's it's really fascinating but yeah it's like okay you're making money other people are suffering right right yeah, that's yeah. And and yeah, definitely like, you know, um that was certainly the case for me. I mean, you know, it was it was very much like I never I never actively watched Jerry Springer, but I you can't you couldn't not be aware of it. You couldn't not like Oh yeah. You, it was always in the background. Oh, it was yeah, like you I I do not think I ever sat down and watched an entire episode intentionally, but God knows I've seen plenty of Jerry Springer. Uh, and, and yeah. Like, We've both been unemployed. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. It's a part of that, that uh, weekday afternoon block of, well, I've got nothing to do. So there's the price is right. What's on after that? Judge I Malcolm. literally. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I literally cannot clean my apartment anymore. Yeah, I will die. It's you, you <laughs> yeah. reach a you reach a point in the in the early afternoon where it's like I don't think I can physically jerk off another time. So <laughs> I guess it's daytime television. <laughs> like the cat's giving me weird looks. I've been at this too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, You've got about, let's see, what, like, ten or so episodes up? Uh, yeah, there are currently 17 episodes up, and okay. I'm working on one now. Um, it's kind of a filler episode. Uh, it, it's just uh, a different way of looking at uh, 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 films to review via uh, Game of Thrones appearances. So, like, oh, you were in Game of Thrones. Here's a film you were in. Wow, that was bad. Oh, right. Kinda, Everyone kinda who's like ever... Pardon? Kind of like the Batman episodes? Yes, exactly. Uh, so, okay. so, yeah, one way I, I'm exploring films and trying to just find an interesting way in is taking different perspectives. And I, I guess that ties back to the trans thing. Because instead of... Like, there are films I want to talk about that have nothing to do with gender theory or trans or anything. So I guess my approach to that is to insert the outside perspective by intentionally breaking the fourth wall being like, okay, here's something that actor has also done. Let's discuss that in terms. Okay. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, so let's talk, let's talk comics. Um, so I know, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're kind of, 
we're kind of at a point now where representation both in universe and behind the scenes is getting better um you know certainly there's there's you know when i when i was when i was younger and reading comics uh gay representation was only starting to to kind of become mainstream and then uh trans representation literally anyone who did not fit the gender binary the only examples were things like you know doom patrol the invisibles uh Mm -hmm. there's one character in sandman one character right yeah um and that was big for the time yeah yeah and uh you know I mean, I know in lo- in looking at it, there's there's people who do and people who don't. Uh, what is it? Mantra from Malibu. Uh, and of course, stuff like Ranma, One Half, and on and on and on. But, you know, now it's, it's one of those things of, I know, Batgirl had a trans character who was introduced and eventually got married. Um, and, you know there's there's more all the time but let's let's start by looking at historically where we've been so um so, yeah there, there there's a couple of trans characters well like they can be read as trans characters because uh they're they're from that period in time in comic books where uh everything's so naive you can get away with it and so I'm thinking of the original Red Tornado. Uh, there's a couple of uh, detectives oh, oh, yeah. who were uh, uh, either uh, women who dressed up as over-the-top masculine characters or masculine characters. Uh, I can't remember their name right now, but it, it was it was a guy who dressed up as a grandmother and solved mysteries. Right, like, right. like, I, like I remember murder that. She wrote. Yeah, you know, it's it's murder she wrote, but it's oh, it's a guy in a dress. Yeah, and yeah. that that was kind of the joke. He's not actually transgender or anything. This is just a really good way of sneaking in there, and you know, it's 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 a cow, just a cow, yeah, in, yeah. in a different form. Uh, whereas, yeah, I guess the original Red Tornado, um, while she still appeared to be like she she had rather large breasts, uh, characters around her always seemed to believe that it was a man. Mm-hmm. I guess people in the past didn't know what boobs were. Uh, we only came up with that concept in the last 15 yeah, years. Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 I seem to recall they were rolled out at the 1956 World's Fair. Uh, <laughs> yes. It was that and plastics. Getting the boobs and plastics. Yeah, yeah. And then, Funnily and enough, then at the same time. And that's weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but, but yeah, like there, there wasn't much representation because, of course, there wasn't much representation uh, in reality. Um, right. At a time when you have uh, uh, Doctor Wortham going after Batman and Robin for just the appearance of being gay, and he was probably pretty accurate there. You know, it's more of a spoil sport thing. But there was no way in hell that if if Batman and Robin can't stand up to the well, those two might be queer then you're not going to get a trans character. Right. 
until you get Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's really fascinating how, again, it comes down possibly to the naivety of the editors and the audience and everything at the time. But you can't have a queer character in the 50s and 60s. But if Jimmy Olsen, for story reasons, has to dress like a woman, mm-hmm. everyone's cool with it. Jimmy's right. allowed to be whatever gender Jimmy needs to be. Well, or Jimmy, species Jimmy needs yeah. to be. Jimmy was Jimmy was kind of allowed to be whatever. I mean, if he was a giant turtle one week, you couldn't really like. Yeah. You couldn't really ju- then just be like a dress. Whoa, guys! All right, no, I'm sorry, that's too far. I bought the giant turtle, but the this this dress shit. No, that's. I'm the last allowed not- is one thing, but normal clothing, <laughs> that is horseshit. Horseshit. And, and that's You've the thing. gone too far, sir. <laughs> and they did it repeatedly. It, it was it was like uh, it, it was almost like the, their monkey fascination. You know how uh, I believe it was Julian Schwartz. Uh, God, it, Julian Schwartz. I think said, "Okay, monkeys are selling. We're, we we got a big boost uh, of sales when we put a monkey on the cover of Superman. We need to keep doing monkeys." And at some point, I think one of those Jimmy Olsen books sold. Yeah, and so they're just like put Jimmy in a dress and have him kiss mobsters. We we're never going to address any of this. We're never going to give it a critical eye whatsoever. But I want to see Jimmy Olsen in makeup making out with Goombas. Yeah, <laughs> there will be no context whatsoever. But yeah, I, this sells for some reason, and I don't care. Yeah, I, I don't care. I don't want to know. We're just <laughs> yeah. going to pump them out. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, so, okay, so. I don't know, I had a thought. Forget it. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Uh, anyway, so yeah, like, um, representation in comics has always been weird, though, because of the nature of the medium. Um, it, it is and is not an excellent medium for representation. Uh, obviously, once you once you get the momentum going, you can go anywhere. Just look at the the writers that you have now; um, they're, they're incredibly diverse. And the most the most that you end up with, with feedback, uh, negative feedback for the diversity thing, is always the the same insular, incredibly aggressive white men, uh, such as you know, like uh, um, Ethan Van. I can never remember his last name. And who, cares, who gives a shit? Yeah. What a, yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. You know? yeah. But this is, uh, this is an, an industry that grew out of uh, dispossessed perspectives to start with. Um, namely, of course, you know, the Jewish perspective. Right. Uh, and it, it's, you know, uh, for a few decades there, it was ever important for giving the perspective of, the, the immigrant, uh, uh, specifically the Jewish immigrant, coming into a system that is more or less, it likes to think of itself as homogenous. Um, mm. It wasn't, but it liked to think that way. Right. Uh, and it, it, uh, personally, when it comes to the diversity that grew out of that, I find it really fascinating that uh, you end up with, yes, you get character diversity and you, you have people who who like now, Jewish characters 
that maybe a couple of decades before would have been like, oh, no, can't have that. Uh, despite the fact that it's usually from Bible thumping people who already praise Jewish characters. Uh, Moses, you may have heard of him. I don't know. Uh, Jesus. Wait, he was... Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they... What did what did Moses and Jesus have to do with Jews? I don't I don't understand. I, I've I've never heard of these people before I, in my I, life. I, I've I've heard some things, but I don't I don't want to start rumors. <laughs> were, were, were they were they secretly were they secretly Jewish? I I don't think it was much of a secret there, bro. <laughs> shit, my entire worldview has been shook. It's like most of the New Testament and the entirety of the Old Testament. Yeah, just 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 the vast majority of it. Not that I've, much. I've oh, never actually read the book. I'm not gonna lie. I've never read it. I I. It's dry. Okay. <laughs> it is real dry. Yeah. Uh, it, Hard although, to get into. Uh, uh, it's not nearly as as ridiculously dry as I'm sure this will upset someone. Uh, the Book of Mormon. Um, I have a copy of it because it's legitimately one of the first sci-fi stories ever written. Mm-hmm. But it pretends that it's religion. So you end up with this weird thing that overtly is like aliens. Alien, God is an alien and Jesus Christ has his own planet. And it's just like, yep, okay, roll that in. Don't care. We're going to ignore it and keep going. It, it's really lovely. Right. Uh, but anyway, um. What I was on earlier. Way off topic there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's really curious that um, uh, that outsider perspective eventually became the the industry mainstream perspective, and so you end up getting like uh, something that, that is supposed to diversify ends up being more or less uh, consolidated into two voices, Stanley and Jack Kirby. It's really curious that uh, you, you end up getting what become diverse characters coming out of just these two guys who have more or less the same background. Jack right. was a little more working right. class than Stan, but they're both Jewish guys who grew up in New York and now yeah. work in yeah. comic books and have all their entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and from that you get black Panther, which has made over a billion dollars and is the focus of, modern uh, uh afrofuturism and won uh, an oscar and it, you know it, it is embraced by the black community and it's like it's a character that was specifically designed to be as not black but being as black as possible mm-hmm. that, that's right. why he's wakandan because if you pointed towards any actual black population and said here's what you should be or what i think or what your perspective is it falls apart because it's written by a middle-aged Jewish guy. Right. Right. So it, it's really curious that comics do absolutely thrive on diversity, but it's, it's like a manufactured diversity. Well, and it, and it is, and it is interesting looking at it from the standpoint of something like that, where you have black Panther who is, who is, so trying to decide how to word this vaguely ethnic uh yeah. where it is where it is a a fake country uh versus just a 
comparatively speaking, a few short years later when you're introducing characters like Luke Cage, who are not. They are, you know, Luke Cage is very much centered in Harlem in that time, and it's just, it's specifically calling out a, a, not calling out, calling up a, a specific community with extant individuals who are in that community and maybe reading and saying, you know, this is ostensibly, this is a, some sort of ideal, whatever that ideal may be. Um, I was, I was thinking about Falcon as well is in the, in the books that we've read, how it's, does this character even totally, it doesn't, it's exactly as you were saying is like, once you start trying to point specifically to a population and saying, I'm going to use, I'm going to put my person from here and this is how you are represented, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's clumsy, but you know what I mean? Uh, It does, it seems it falls apart even when it's working. Like it doesn't work all the way. Yeah. Falcons, Falcons worse than cage cage has, Cage has language problems, like the way that he speaks and his cadence is really ugh, weird. But Falcon doesn't. Falcon works less because it's like he's an insider and an outsider inside his own community, and it doesn't. It, it sometimes it's really jarring. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, it, it, I absolutely agree because it, uh, it it's really interesting. I think of Falcon as having no character whatsoever. Um, he is who his job is, and his job is to be not quite sidekick to Captain America. Um, I, I, I think he, yeah, yeah. he represents a certain kind of serviceman very well, but that certain kind of serviceman is from that point in time when he was created. It's essentially like right. enlisted black America. Um, they're, they're doing a job because this is the job you have to do. Uh, right, and they're right. just trying to put all that shit aside. Whereas Luke Cage has has this in, incredible, at least like I, I, I'm more familiar with modern Luke Cage, so I don't know at what point they introduced his origin story. It, it was, was immediately. Immediately. Uh, yeah. yeah, the very first issue you had uh, Stonegate Prison, uh, the experiment, all of it. It was like that very first it's issue. Been modif- it's been modified a little bit back and forth over over the years, right. but it is it is all the all the major beats are issue his first appearance. Right. Okay, right. so so immediately it's baked into his character uh, the Tuskegee experiments. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like yes, that is a valid thing to have in that character, but because it's not from the community, you end up with you know the sweet Christmas things or the fact that this this immense violation of his rights and, and personhood is just backstory. It's just backstory. Mm-hmm. That's not the point we're here for. We're here to watch him fight hoods and then get paid for that. Right. Well, yeah, that, that's a very, that's a very good point. And, and it, it is something because yeah, it's not that violation is not an intrinsic part of his character. It's just how we get from point A to point B. It is, we need to get him superpowers. How do we make that happen? Prison experiment breaks out, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
and it doesn't like yeah there is no there is no part of that early on that is is informs who he is other than you know people might find out who he actually is uh but there is yeah that's that's the worst consequences though is that oh no they and it, and they drop it pretty fast because it actually isn't doing anything on the page it they is the oh no we they might find out that i'm an ex-con and then like all the people close to him are like oh you're an ex-con kinda except you're you didn't even do it and he's like yeah i didn't even do it and they're like okay and that's it like after claire and the doctor who immediate who after really it's after claire finds out eh move on yeah yeah there's the sons of the warden but who the fuck cares uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't have any actual impact on his characterization whereas it should be his fundamental focus this is the thing that made him and broke the person he was before is is a thing that has made him broken men like him for generations this is this is a systemic abuse and they're just like yeah whatever um that's why i really like uh uh uh, Captain America, Red, White, and Black. Truth. Mm. Um, uh, I, I, I love Marvel, but I don't like the way that they don't have any prestige stories. Like DC's really good at being like, here's a story. Here's you know we we've put a trade paperback. It's a com- it's a collected story. It has themes. It has uh, 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 grander narratives. Like you know, uh, Marvel doesn't have a Kingdom Come or or something like that. But that's really what I mean. But I feel like uh, uh, Truth is one of their few beautiful prestige stories. You know, it's it's right up there with the death of Captain Marvel. Uh, and it it finally took all that, albeit dealing with Ca- uh, Captain America, and made it the primary. Oh, excuse me, the primary focus it was supposed to be. Uh, these are. You know, the, the, these are crimes done onto people for our entertainment. Yeah, you know, they're they're fictional characters and everything, but by simply accepting it uh, uh, the way that we did with Luke Cage or any, you know any other character that is uh, a minority and kind of gets just abused, and that's a part of their story arc, you end up missing you know the the actual perspective of what's going on there and. Um, I thought that truth finally got to that of like, no, here's the thing. You do something like this and it, it is the focus of that person's life. It doesn't matter what good came from it here. You have to look at and focus on the, the abuse that was done. You can't just say there was abuse and move on. If you want to tell these stories accurately, you have to focus on the thing that has been done. You can't just roll over them. Mm-hmm. Tangents. <laughs> no, you no, it's uh, yeah, <laughs> and the, and this is why this is why when we were talking about why I, I this is why I like kind of only having a general framework is because a lot of these conversations and these tangents are interesting, and I don't want to be so rigid as to say we need to get back on track with X when you know. There are interesting things to talk about in why. So, yeah. Um, well, sometimes. Oh, one, sorry. Did you? Uh, well, just a another story that I guess does 
uh, Spider-Man Blue does a really, really, really good job of like examining the thing, a, a particular moment in Spider-Man's life as like why he does what he does and who he is and how the death of Gwen Stacy affected his character so much farther down the line still, even after he'd married and had, was about to have a kid, I think. Um, like he's, that's, that's a good one too, but it's not, I guess, I don't know. That one doesn't feel like well, the, the same thing. That, that's more dealing with like, it, it kind of is the same thing. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it, it, it's dealing more with like, um, how to deal with, with the kind of trauma that your actions bring, not the kind of trauma who That's you are bringing. Yeah. Hmm. But it's the same. It is the same thing. You, you, you absolutely have to take those looks. And um, it kind of is ridiculous when you stand back and think about the amount of trauma Spider-Man has gone through. And it's, oh, not, that, yeah. Yeah, it's not that he's untouched by it. It's that they kind of treat it like... Uh, he has a persistent rash, you know. Oh, I, I I took the pill today. I'm good. No, he he should have moments where it's like I can't go fight Doctor Octopus. I'm having a fucking breakdown. Tell him I, to deal I, with I, this I, later. Yeah, which is like it's kind actually, of like uh, he even reference in the books. I mean, later we'll get to it. But in the books we read for this week. He actually says, yeah, my girlfriend died a couple of months ago. It's amazing that I'm even out here swinging. Oh, well. And it's like, dude, you need to go deal with that or you're going to kill somebody on accident. One reason I always liked the Tick cartoon, uh, they had Bipolar Bear. Uh, (laughs) That he's, he's only there for one throwaway thing. But it is what Spider-Man should be sometimes, where it's just like, I've got to go save the city, but I just can't get out of bed. And it, and it should. Like, you know, there, Spider-Man, more so, he is a trauma sponge. Because he is, like... That's his superpower? That's his real superpower? Yeah, I mean... The, the, he can just beat the, the, the psyche, yeah. and it doesn't matter? Yeah. He 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 sits there and he just takes the worst shit and uh and yeah it should it should like destroy him occasionally and the fact that it kind of doesn't is really weird <laughs> but anyway. yeah like I, I understand the need to keep having more issues going forward and people talk about like the the physical cost of being Batman. What about the psychological cost of being Superman or Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah. Crush it. Well, yeah. And I, and I mean, that's, you know, you talk, you talk about the, the actual loss in terms of like the, uh, the death of Gwen Stacy, the death of uncle Ben, things like that. But then there's also like his wife had a miscarriage. Uh, His wife, went down in a plane crash uh, and was presumed dead for a while. I missed that one. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, they've made numerous attempts to try and get rid of MJ over the years. Uh, this was, this was, I want to say, like, 
around the 2000 mark, sort of during the Marvel Knights period. Uh, they they had MJ go down in a go down in a plane, and yeah, she was ostensibly dead, and then she was alive again, and they're just like, "Fuck, we're right back where we started." And then they eventually did Brand New Day, but like all of this stuff, it's just like, man, what? Why? Why do you keep going with this shit? But anyway, so. <laughs> The Spider-Man decisions over the years are incredibly interesting. I'm just thinking about how many times they were desperate for reasons that I don't think any of the audience, at least not me, like understood, but they were desperate to end that relationship. It was a 40-year-old relationship, and they were absolutely desperate to crush it for some reason. And it, I guess it's just... I don't know. They really wanted the kids to be reading Spider-Man, is I think what it was. It was a business reason. I know that. Uh, You know, know. sorry. You go first. (laughs) I I was just going to say, honestly, I think this may not be a popular opinion, but I think the Clone Saga could have worked if they had if they had done the whole, like, which one is the real Peter? Maybe it's Ben. Maybe it's Peter. Blah, 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 blah. And thrown in a few red herrings both ways, but in the end left it a big question mark. They could have had they could have had what they wanted right away. They could have had Peter. Uh, had their cake and eaten it, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, they could have they had Peter off living with MJ, raising a kid, being there when they need him, and, you know, still exploring that side of things. They could have had Ben out being Peter, (laughs) or out being Spider-Man, and not invalidated either, you know, they they could have had the younger, hipper Spider-Man that they wanted, while not ostensibly invalidating the last 20 years of books. Uh, but the fact that they waffled and then ultimately were just like, no, 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 we're just kidding. It's really Peter. It's Peter the whole time. It's cool, guys. Like, yeah. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I would. Uh, uh, I, I agree. There was a way to have done it, and I, I think that, uh, my my two favorite potential outcomes that should have been done. Uh, one is really obvious, and the other I think plays well with the the character's problem. Uh, they should have simply said that, yeah, like, roll with it, say, okay, you're both Peter Parker, you're both Spider-Man, it doesn't fucking matter. So, you know, you can call yourself Peter, you can call yourself Ben, go live your lives. I just thought there would have been great story potential in um, have them both dress as the exact same Spider-Man and start having to deal with each other's trauma. Like, no, 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 I didn't let that kid die. That was the other Spider-Man. Don't throw a bottle at my head. Or they, they meet, like, uh, the goblin. The goblin's super pissed. And it's like, man, that wasn't me. It, I, I'm sorry. It wasn't me. You start, getting, you start getting blamed for the other guy. Yeah, yeah. Punching a dude in the head, and now he's coming at... Oh, that's great. It's, yeah, yeah. that's fun. They, they become, like, bitter enemies because it's like, man, could you just not? I thought we talked about this. <laughs> for, for, like, a week. Okay, no, new plan. On and off. We get It's like Spider-Man visitation rights. Like... <laughs> 
you get to be Spider-Man this week, uh, this month. I'll give you Spider-Man next month. But it, okay. When yeah. you show up, you uh, have to announce, uh, "I am Spider-Man B." <laughs> this is B. <laughs> like B is lot. on duty. Yeah. Uh, so but anyway, the other thing that uh, they should have really done uh, with that. <laughs> what were we talking we're about? Trauma. <laughs> we're talking about Spider-Man for a half. Well, you know, I mean, it just happened. But uh, to tie it back, what they should have done is, uh, and you know, this this ties into uh, cloning uh, truth. Uh, they should have said that Mary Jane was uh, the actual Peter Parker. Like she, uh, uh, or have her be a clone or something, you know, uh, uh, because when you clone someone, uh, it actually strips back the chromosomes to XX. So, you know, as you have with, uh, with Logan, uh, any clone, it would be female unless you intentionally work that around. Um, or kind of like I, the, uh, ultimate spider woman. Yes, exactly. And, they sh- if, if they really wanted to throw a curveball, that's where they should have gone and been like, no, it was actually uh, um, MJ, and she's fine with it. You're the guys who are having problems with this. She doesn't care. Yeah. Huh. But, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the, 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 the curious thing about that, that kind of stuff is uh, the representation that accidentally occurs, and I think that's, that's really prevalent in comics now. Um, because if, if you talk to trans or queer people about Wolverine, the answer will be, oh, yeah, Wolverine's a trans guy. There's a lot of little like symptoms and, and signs there that all like add up to that. And the fact that every clone of his turns out to be a, a woman and is perfectly far more stable emotionally as a woman than than the man that he was initially born as uh it, it's really curious how they kind of walk themselves or, or like walk backwards blindly into having representation in a character that no one would ever think represented anything and i'm saying that as a canadian <laughs> <laughs> what uh wolverine wolverine is not representative of canadians in general Yes and no. <laughs> um, I, I I do have a secret theory that uh, Department K or Department K is uh, Department K Department H right, yes, one, of the, one of the two is is actually representative of Canada. Oh, it is that 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 just north of the border. It's just evil shit all day, yeah. every day. Deadpool's for days. Yeah, no, no, it it is. It's specifically it's an evil bureaucracy. Uh, and that's quite accurate. <laughs> what isn't accurate is that he's cool. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I see. All right. He's far too popular. Okay. So it should be much more of a Mike Myers type situation. Like Exactly. You know, he, okay. He'll stab you, but he's very apologetic. Not, not the best. The best he is at what he does, that is way too American a statement. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just I uh, was it you I was was it you I was having the conversation about actual Canadian Wolverine with or was that somebody else? I think that was someone else. I can't I remember. I uh, refresh. You you and I have had a lot of conversations going back and forth, and so that's why I'm always like, was it was it Mickey or was it somebody else? But there was. Uh, there was a conversation I'd had with somebody that was, that was just like, if, if Wolverine were actually Canadian, 
and it was and it was it was stuff like I'm the best there is at what I do, and uh, what I do is uh, apologize profusely for the smallest trespass. Uh, you know, it's oh, I'm like sorry. That. There, I've, I've got this adamantium <laughs> attached to my bones. <laughs> Excuse me. Could you maybe get you know not uh, turn me into a weapon? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just it's just like uh it's like hello weapon x what we're going to do uh is we're going to send you out and you're going to kill the ambassador from random made-up country well all right then uh i i don't know but you say so <laughs> like, <laughs> oh Logan, we need you to go kill this uh, th this dictator. Oh, okay, then assassination mission it is. I'll go put on my bright yellow spandex. <laughs> You'll yeah. never see me coming. <laughs> well, yeah, stealth superheroes in general. Like I, I get, I get Batman, Spider Spider Man doing like stealth is a little is a lot iffier because it's like. You're you're dressed in red and blue, bro. Like, that, come on. That, that should be more a comment on uh, uh, the the way that people don't look at things. Like, you you don't expect to look up and see a guy in a bright blue and red costume. It, it's kind of like um, uh, the reality filter. Right. If, right. if you look at it, it's definitely going to be a moment of, what the fuck did I just see? If you see something skirting around in the shadows and you're in Gotham. You can take a pretty good guess. Oh, it's just Batman. Don't worry about. It. <laughs> you right. see that shit? In, in, <laughs> That's in, Batman. In. We should definitely leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's Batman. I swear to God. No, we we need to go. I need to move my car. My insurance premiums are going to jump. Yeah. Real quick, is anybody doing anything illegal? Yeah. <laughs> At all. Anything? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Have any I'm, of you laundered money? <laughs> I need to know now. Uh, I'm stealing cable. So... <laughs> oh, it's just like I, I have, I have a little bit of weed on me. Get away from Greg! Yeah, get away from Greg. <laughs> He's gonna kill us all. Uh, so anyway, but, uh, it's just uh, like New, New York, uh, the insurance premium. Uh, we have a joke that uh, you cannot ride public transportation in in Marvel's New York City with life insurance because you, and people die on. It will immediately invalidate your life insurance if you just use public. They they have trackers on you, and the minute you step in a subway station, they're like, "Well, sorry, sorry, Mister Jeffords, that's it. That's yeah. you're no longer <laughs> covered." <laughs> I'd really like the specific details of, of insurance in the Marvel Universe because it's like, okay, you're a single person or two people going to Central Park, you're fine. You're a family going to Central Park? Mm, mm, mm. No. Mm. No. No. Can't have that. No. Can't have that. The, two, two people going to Central Park is fine because you're going to be saved by a superhero probably. Yeah. Uh, a family going to Central Park... That that is a that is a tragic origin in the making, and you are fucked. Like yeah. you're you're done. Um, yeah, you were really asking. For I can't I can't understand how companies get like occupational insurance because literally oh. every 
every profession in the Marvel universe is just like a a supervillain uh is just a supervillain factory. Like you're you're a lineman for the uh for the city. You were you work on electrical lines? Nope, sorry, can't insure you. You're you're yeah. you're an accountant? Oh, well, obviously you're going to be exposed to like radioactive toner at some point. And then I mean, it's just a short jump from that to trying to kill the Avengers, and I'm sorry, we can't take on that kind of risk. Yeah, realistically, every city, every major city in in comic books should be abandoned as just being <laughs> impossibly, impossibly out of uh, like of the price range for anything. We can't insure this. We can't even turn the fucking power on because yeah. someone might yeah. use it to have a, to, to build a goddamn bomb. Like, yeah. I'm just wondering, like, yeah, exactly, the the economic impact, like, imagining San Francisco where no one can live in this, no one that works the infrastructure in that city can actually live within the city limits, so taking that times three or ten, just because you can't even get businesses, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, the good, yeah, it, the good, it, the good news is if you live in San Francisco in the Marvel Universe nothing fucking happens there there was that brief moment when daredevil lived there but like that's it (laughs) whereas i mean even arguably la is even more boring it's true like they sent the punisher to la and it was essentially just the story of being like he's in la how weird is that it's like yeah that's weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's what like when daredevil was in san francisco the first time it was just like yeah Okay, there's still tall buildings and shit, right? Yeah, okay, go go for it. I guess there's this is bridge, what we're doing now. There's the pointy one. There's oh, that's it. <laughs> San Francisco. I've it's got a hill. <laughs> it there there are hills, I guess. Yeah, there's water. Uh, there's water. Uh, yeah, he he goes to Oakley now or Oakland now and then, but you know, and not so much because he's a white hero and. You can't. You, you got to get a black hero in in in, uh, in there to well, deal right, with those of kinds of themes. Of course, yeah. You can't. You can't have a white hero in a black area. That's just no, no, just... no. That'd be ridiculous. Of course. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, uh, to, to pull it back to both representation and what we were talking about earlier, um, uh, uh, you remember Alpha Flight? Of course. Yeah. So of course, North Star was, I think, the first gay character, out gay character in all of Marvel. I believe so. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, can you name any anything else concerning North Star? Well, he had a a um, touching relationship with his sister. Uh, mm, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so he was also maybe an elf, uh, as I recall. Like there, there was actually like there was actually a storyline where he may or may not have been a mythological elf. Um, he was always an asshole, but I mean that makes sense. Uh, He's from Quebec, so you know. Do what? It's a bit of Canadian burns. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh but yeah, like I don't know. I don't know. Like it's been a long time since I've read Alpha Flight, I'll be honest. 
but there isn't actually anything else to it. He, he was essentially uh, a gay French Quicksilver, which makes no yeah. sense because if he's gay, why is he sexually attracted to his sister? Yeah. But yeah, it, it's like, it, you know, they, they even when uh, comics for the longest time took intentional steps to be representative mm-hmm. and to venture into new perspectives, they didn't know what the fuck they were doing because the, these aren't written. He wasn't written by a gay man. He was written by Len Wein or right, however you right. pronounce it. You know, it's Wein. And Len was just like, um, I don't know. He's bitchy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it is not. It's never a good thing to be like, hey, Len, come in here. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. Go write a gay Canadian character for me. I know you're neither one of those things, but, uh, like, come back, get with the artist or whoever the, um, the creative director at the time was. Get with him, get a look, and then, uh, you know, make a character out of it. I'll talk to you tomorrow? And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll be back. Like, it just, why, like, why are we doing this? Never happened, I doubt. Other than, well, we're getting yelled at from somebody that we don't have any gay characters. Okay. Like, I don't know. It doesn't, it definitely does, like, you're right. It definitely doesn't feel like we're doing this because we want to. Because if they, if they had, then they would have taken more care to, like, try. I would know more about North Star is what I'm saying. Yeah. There would actually be a character there to know about. Uh, Like, Uh, uh, the new, or the new, the new Fifty Two's Alan Scott didn't have much of a character, but at least he had a little bit there. You had something to build on, and then it's like, oh, and he's gay. Okay, so I can add that piece to the character I already know. There's something right, to right. build on. North Star. It's just okay. Yep. Which is which is why I always find it funny when people talk about. Marvel is just trying to fill quotas now because that was always so much more the case back in the day. Like, yeah, yeah they, in the 90s. there is more of an effort to have diversity now, but that diversity is actually like considered. Uh, you actually have like Muslim creators creating Muslim characters and, you know, gay creators working on gay characters and things like that. Whereas before it was literally just a bunch of straight white dudes sitting in a room, but just being like, okay, so we have a woman, we have a minority, we have a gay, like, you know, it, it, it was a lot more about filling quotas than it ever, than it ever has been now. So that's, there's, of course, say, saying that the saying that certain segments of the of the fan community don't actually know what the fuck they're talking about is no great shock, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, it's really curious to see the the difference uh, and the re- reaction to really uh, narrative voices. It, it 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 all I think comes down to expectation of dialogue. Not necessarily that these people are like, oh, representation. No, it, it's that that representation doesn't sound like what they're used to. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can pick up any any, say, X-Men comic uh, from the uh, the era up to like the 90s with Jim Lee or even after for a bit. 
essentially everything up to new X-Men. And it's like, yes, here's representation, but they all sound the exact same. There is, there's no character difference between storm and, um, uh, oh God, the, the, the native American character who died on a second appearance brother. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that a lot of that is Claremont. Claremont, like when he's not actively sticking in, like random German or Russian, everyone in a Claremont comic talks the same way. It's all no quarter asked for, Bunky, and and it is. I mean, I I like Chris Claremont from a story perspective. He did a lot of really interesting things, but yeah, his characters all sounded exactly the goddamn same. Uh, the only the only differences in terms of the way characters spoke were Wolverine and uh, Storm, but Storm was only because she exposited so much. Like, that yeah. was really... I mean, you know, there there was this... Summon the winds! Yeah, exactly. That's fundamentally... <laughs> yeah, like there, You could read every single one in exactly the same tone and cadence, and there would be no difference. Exactly. All they've really done is changed up the the features. It, it, it's it's like stripping uh, uh, all of the the wacky uh, mysticism from a really badly written Stephen Strange. Stephen Strange should have an incredibly complex lexicon. He's a fucking doctor, uh, and and beyond that, he's he's uh, uh, you know the Sorcerer Supreme. He shouldn't just talk the exact same as the next New Yorker standing next to him. Right. You know, uh, it, these things should, should be reflected. Uh, Charles Xavier should sound very different from Magneto, but aside from their actual, like, agendas, they're the same fucking character. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, you, you don't get any idea that Magneto is Eastern European whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's also... Bendis has the same problem. Uh, yes, with with his his Bendis speak. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, it's just like, did you see what? Just I know. No, I mean, did you see the big? I know. I know. <laughs> but no, like the guy with the things coming out of his. I know. They were red. Yeah. Like yeah, it's yeah, it, it's all it's all like sitcom quippy dialogue. And I, quips are great. Marvel's great for quips, but those quips have to occur within the actual perspective, and they are now. The modern modern Marvel books are written from those perspectives, so the characters are individual. They, when they quip, it does come from a unique perspective. Uh, you 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 shouldn't pick up a book and Honey Badger speaks the exact same as Old Man Logan. Right. They're the same character, but they have different perspectives. Well, yeah. I mean, Honey Badger yeah. is, what, 11? Like, she's really young, and Old Man Logan is a, an old man. So, like, yeah, there's no reason he, he those He grew up in the Victorian age. She grew up in the modern day. They're going to be different people. Right, right. right. So, uh, yeah. So, that may, that uh, that makes sense. Well, uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come back and talk some more. All right. Cool. Cool. 
so hard to make it like a consistent like eh, 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 and I, I I'm always like second guessing myself on that anyway it, it it's always an impossible crapshoot always yeah. yeah especially when there's three of us well but like it, I feel like it would be harder if I were like five four three two oh, well yes one click, like you know, but it's still, it's still like I, tr- I do my best, but yeah, it's. I'm always just like, okay, are we, are we good? Did everybody do it? Anyway, we're back. Uh, so yeah, well, uh, we left off with Chris Claremont's tendency to make everyone sound exactly the same. Uh, so yeah, um, of course, you know that's. That's also sort of uh, one of my pet peeves with time travel things. When you when you have like I think the Expanse did a pretty good job of like you know everybody kind of has their own lingo, their all way, their own way of talking and things like that. But so often it's like if you look at if you look at uh, you know each of the twenty ninety nine books, everyone regardless of their station or background or whatever in any given book speaks basically the same way and it's like it's seems like part of world building even if you're making a straight fantasy world would be yeah like this type of person speaks this way because blank while this person would speak completely differently because they're a different person from a different place, but inevitably that's not the case. Uh, the twenty ninety nine books are all shock this, shock that, and it's. I was just going like... to say shock, yeah, because yeah, I think that's the only <laughs> actual new phrase they came up with that m- meant anything or made any sense. There may, I don't know. I want to say there's one or two others, but they were. Shock was the big one. Shock was, shock was like, uh, what is it in Battlestar? Oh, frack. Frack. Yeah. Frack. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you yeah. come up with one that's like, okay, that works. I understand that. Sure. But just because someone came up with a new way of saying fuck doesn't mean we don't say fuck. And they don't use yeah. right. any lo- uh, like jargon or lingo that, that, that would have survived or adapted. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And 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 even so, like, you know, even even if you have a new way of saying fuck, you'd still have a different word that means shit or a different word that means ass or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, if you, even if those words have somehow been supplanted, you'd still have different words. It, not everything would be shock, shock and shockity shock yeah like, was... that's why the little symbols work better than yeah. inventing your own words for it because you don't have to make up a new word for every type of curse right like or the seven mm-hmm. seven deadly work jarl cartland's seven words you can't say on tv like right um you 
if you just use the little hash marks and such, then everyone's like, or my favorites is actually uh, Next Wave with the skulls. Oh, I love those. That's yeah. my favorite. Um, because then it's all like, you. All you have to say is my favorite is Next Wave, and that's, yeah, that's sufficient. Pretty, like pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. But um, anyway, I was gonna say, uh, just since we're talking about like, uh, like ways that pe- different characters speak and how that informs their character, like a success uh is just like off the top of my head is uh farscape every character in that speaks a very particular way based on who they are and where they came from yeah and without the laziness of uh uh how star trek is just like oh universal translator uh commonizes everything and it's like yeah "Yeah, all right fine but you're right Uh, uh, uh farscape their writers went the the extra mile of not only like coming up with individual patois, but sticking to it and evolving yeah. it naturally. Through mm-hmm. as they started to affect each other as well, like Aaron and uh, Crichton. I don't remember his first name. Yeah, they. That's actually... all they called him, though. It was. It wasn't like. It wasn't ever like somebody. Somebody was like Crichton. Crichton, hey Gary, or anything yeah. like that. It was always just Crichton. It always was Crichton. Called, yeah, uh, but even they began to affect each other's speech, or well, more he began to affect her speech throughout the series. But that was that was done with care, I thought. Yeah, I don't know. Random thought. Well, no, but it, it's a good one because uh, that's the way that's it's it's organic and natural. That's the way people do influence each other. Uh, and, you know, I, I think if, if, you know, if what we've discussed has any theme, it's the mistakes made in trying to represent people that you don't actually represent. And uh, not that anyone really represented anyone on Farscape because we're not any of those alien species, but. Yeah. Yeah. None of us are. <laughs> but yeah, the effort is there. And as you're, as you were saying, like, you know, in world building people tend to focus on the world and not the people in it. You know, uh, you don't have to look any further than Tolkien to be like, no, you're absolutely right. Different characters and different species in Tolkien speak in different ways. Uh, the, the hobbits have an incredibly small lexicon because all they do is uh, eat, sleep, and fuck. They don't have to have larger words for these things. Uh, the elves have a much grander lexicon. The humans are, you know, depending on where they are. Well, and I was mm-hmm. going to say, even the elves, um, they, like, because Legolas is from the north, I think. And then when they get to Galadriel, he's like, these guys talk weird. Yeah, like, yeah. They, but, but that's because he he reveres them. Like, they're older than, like, that section of elf is older than his section of elf, even though they're both incredibly old yeah yeah they're they're way older yeah 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 um and they even talk different um yeah it's it's like like almost valeries or what whatever it is it's it's Mm -hmm. the high old language and and Mm -hmm. the way that yeah the the way that you would you would even interpret uh, uh say swearing if you're using a high older language as opposed to a vulgate is is so different uh because like older languages tend to ritualize their use of words, so if you're saying shit, you're actually invoking something. 
you know, uh, as, mm-hmm. as that South Park episode had. Uh, and yeah, a lot of writers don't understand the complexity of their craft that can lead to incredible characterization when you put the effort in. You don't have to necessarily identify with these people or feel like you're stealing someone's perspective if you suddenly decide to use a character that doesn't have anything to do with your own identity. You just have to put the fucking work into it. Um, The weirdest, weirdest, weirdest comic uh, I feel that exists on Earth is uh, The Life and Times of Martha Washington. Because for one moment, Frank Miller actually managed to leave his own head and enter a different character. And Martha Washington is not like any other Frank Miller character ever. Uh, She's not necessarily like, she's not a good example of a black woman, but she's not a Frank Miller character. Right. And it, it it amazes me. It amazes me that you can have, I mean, obviously, like, there was a point at which he just went off the fucking deep end. But it amazes me that you can have someone who, who will show moments like that and then, and then turn around and do holy terror. And you're just like, oh, Frank, what are you, what are you? And then he names the Dark Knight Part 3 the Master Race. And it's just like, oh, Frank, that's so on the nose. There's so many Why? things going on here, Frank. Uh, and if you read, I, I, I swear I'm the only person on Earth who read the sequels to 300. Because they're not good. But um, he spends... Really? Oh, really? He's, he spends an incredible amount of time being uh, like trying to make Alexander straight. Like... Almost every page has Alexander, like, sexually demeaning or using women. And it's like, ah, that's cute. No. Yeah. <laughs> mm. None of that happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like... like say, I, I, say what you want about the Oliver him... Stone... Oh, that's, sorry, I was just well, going to say, say what you want about the Oliver also... Stone film, but at least they get... They, they have him fuck. <laughs> uh... Oh, sorry. Um. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Like I, I. It is. It is one of those things that, you know, with with historical figures, there's always there's always like the was he gay? Was he straight? Was he this? Was he that? Um but i i felt like alexander had been pretty well resolved like pretty i well. i i thought when it was all said and done like most people had been like yeah no alexander alexander was not like one thing he was it's fine like you know but but like yeah it does not surprise me that that of all people, Frank Miller is out there trying to reclaim Alexander. Like, come on, man. <laughs> really? Really? Is this, is this the hill you want to die on? You've got a lot of hills that you seem to claim uh, uh, you will die on, Frank. Oh, my God. <sighs> After a Jesus. while, what's one more hill? Yeah. It's just, it's just one more hill. Whatever. Yeah. It's a rugged terrain. Um, 
Well, I was gonna maybe shift us a little toward the 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 present. Like, what's going on now that uh, we should be excited about, or I don't know about, and I should go look into. Uh, yeah. So, and there's the thing that there's so much now, and that's that's the greatest thing. It, there's there's so much. Um, um, I, I of course I always promote uh, promote uh, Mags uh, Visagio. Uh, Visagio. Uh, her writing is is fantastic. Uh, Kim and Kim um, was great. Uh, involved. Uh, it, it's it's kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide sci-fi, but uh, with space mercenaries, and one of them is trans, and it's important to the character, but it's not the only thing about the character. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. book to learn about how perspective's important. It's not the only thing in these people's lives. You know, I'm trans, wow. but I also like cheeseburgers. These things right. do not, yeah. Um, Headline, trans people love cheeseburgers. <laughs> cheeseburgers all day say did trans. You, did you read uh, Fuse, or The Fuse, I think? No, but I've heard that's fantastic. It's real good, and she's real good, like, as a character, because it comes up. And it does inform the way that it does inform her as a character, but it's like I also have crime to stop, assholes. <laughs> and so, if any time anybody makes any kind of remark about it, in the least, it's like, okay, cool, like thank you. And then we're gonna there's murder. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I, and I guess I just thought of that because you were like, I also like hamburgers. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, see, I'd had a chance, I haven't had a chance to read Kim and Kim yet. Uh, I've read, I've read Eternity Girl and I've read, uh, Sex Death Revolution, uh, number one, but yeah, I haven't had a chance to find Kim and Kim yet. Yeah. And and like, um, massive (laughs) failing around here. (laughs) Uh, it. In this instance, I'm I'm going to completely say that I'm I'm a failure at like I I read everything that comes out every week. I don't pay attention to a lot of it. Uh, so, like for instance, uh, uh, if if it came to like pull box right now, the only thing I'm actually pulling is the uh, the last uh, volume of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. uh, and I've been reading League since it first came out. But Mm -hmm. I really got into it with the introduction of Orlando. And Orlando is a character that shifts back and forth between sex and gender. Um, It's it's their power, essentially. That and immortality. And it's really curious that it's so background to have a character who does that. Uh, When when you get the right writer, and I'll always say that Alan Moore is the right writer. I'm I'm just too much of a fan. it does become a background thing. It, it's not just like, oh, this is all you are. It's like, no, I got to go stop crime. I got to go eat cheeseburgers. Uh, a, a good writer will make the character so wonderfully complex that the perspective is there and not lost, but it's not all that they have. Right. Yeah, that's one. That's one thing that was always really because when I worked when I worked at the comic shop, I was reading 
everything. Even the even if I didn't necessarily buy everything, at the very least during slow periods at work, I would be like reading everything I could because if somebody came in and was like, "Hey, is this any good?" I wanted to at least be able to be like, "I you know, it's it's this this and this." Not just what's that? Like so I wound up reading like Walking Dead and I I do not care about Walking Dead, but there there is a difference between reading something and actually absorbing what's going on, certainly. Um but yeah, so I know So let's see. There's a, there's Magdalene Visaggio. Um Oh my god, I'm completely think. spacing. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, and that, that's, that's the really fucking frustrating thing is I swear to God, I had something for this (laughs) and I've completely spaced. Uh, it it is curious though, um, in terms of trans writers, uh, that, uh, uh, Megdalene's like one of the only ones in the industry actively, like uh, the superhero comics. Um, instead, mm-hmm. you see a lot of them uh, working in cartoonistry, like uh, uh, mm-hmm. like Ray the Doe, um, uh, you know, like like four panel, three panel com- uh, comics and cartoons that are far more uh-huh. biting than uh, four panel, three panel cartoons used to be. Um, uh, speaking of like representation, it, it, it's really interesting to see the tone that Nancy has taken. Oh yeah. You just get a normal yeah. fucking person writing it. Yeah. Yeah, Nancy is one of those like I never I don't like I I honestly don't even follow that many comic strips anymore. Uh so I don't even necessarily follow Nancy that closely. But if you had if you had told me like five years ago that there would be Nancy strips that I'm just like, oh yeah like I would not have believed you because it's fucking Nancy. Like it's like eighty years old. That, yeah. That yeah. That that's that's like saying that uh, you know you're re- you're really grooving on the new yellow kid or whatever. It's just like yeah, but what? Like I I guess I don't really have an opinion on Teapot Dome, uh, <laughs> but. Um, but it's it's but no it's oh no it, it's it's fascinating how little you need to do to actually have uh, a realistic perspective from things. Uh, mm-hmm. all, all they really did is just just shift uh, uh, the attention of the jokes from being harmless to actually having direct subject matter. That's all. Mm-hmm. And and yet it's completely uh, reinvigorated the character and made it made it. Uh, uh, like actually representative of people without trying to what what I'm getting at is there's going to be a reckoning for Garfield I can't wait and I get the feeling neither can Jim Davis (laughs) (laughs) just fucking take it off my hands I don't want to deal with this goddamn cat anymore I you know I I get there's a lot I mean the Mike Pence connection is not so great but uh the the fact that 
uh, that Jim Davis's attitude for a long time now has basically just been, you know, I really hate Garfield, but I love money. Yeah. And, uh, and everyone goes, we know Jim, we know we've, we have noticed. Yeah. We have seen the film money because you (laughs) have enough money. You could just, you know, not make Garfield anymore. Garfield's going to be around. You'll still make money. You don't need to make any new Garfield. But, you know, I can I can I can at least respect like yeah, no, I get that. I uh fuck it, man. You do you do you, I guess. But uh god, he hates that cat. And it's <laughs> hilarious. He also seems to like legitimately hate anything that people enjoy about it. Like I don't, I don't only mean because he signs off on things like the Garfield movie and, and the second Garfield movie, uh, or or the um, those horrible cheese balls that they used to sell uh, under the Garfield oh. brand, like e- everything about it. But like the fact that people genuinely adore that one he drew in like 1990, where John accidentally drinks the dog semen, and he <laughs> has to, has to, <coughs> has to. Get out there and be like, no, the thing you are enjoying is wrong. It's not dog semen. Fuck you for being happy and liking my work. It's like, man, <laughs> what the? F- Why do you hate everything about this? It paid for your pool, asshole. <laughs> yeah, and you know, on a, honestly, like, I'll tell you, other other than the dog cum, uh. <laughs> Which is not a phrase I thought I'd be saying today. Uh, other than the dog come, my favorite thing was, I think it was in like the 70s or 80s, there was a storyline where it was heavily, it was, it was one of those things where it was either a nightmare or what was actually happening and everything else is just, but the it was a storyline wherein it turned out that John and Odie did not exist and that the entire strip up to that point and everything after is Garfield hallucinating as he starves to death alone in an abandoned house. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, that is the greatest thing I have ever seen. But (laughs) anyway, yeah, it's really moving on. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. (laughs) I don't want this to be the Garfield episode. <laughs> uh, mostly because I don't want to pay royalties to Jim Davis yeah, fuck somehow. Him. Like, I don't want to... Uh, whatever. Fuck him. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, Nancy... Nick, going back to Nancy. Yes. Uh, yeah, it really, it really doesn't, you know... It was it was really difficult because there was a uh, there was a con I went to a few like pff, uh, six or seven years ago. I went to Dragon Con and uh, Jane Espenson was there who worked on like Buffy and Angel and so on and so forth. Uh, and she was there. And, uh, you know, I was. I was talking to, or, you know, there was a Q&A, and I got up, and I'm just like, so, I want to write, but, like, 
the problem that I have is all of as a white boy from the suburbs, all of my characters sound like white a white boy from the suburbs. And um, the other person on the panel wasn't super helpful because they completely misunderstood what I was asking. But Jane Espenson, you know, like you said, it doesn't take much effort. All you, you know, you can write characters that are not exactly like you. You just have to go and get to know other people and like talk to them. And, you know, it's really, it's really that simple. It's just broadening your horizons, broadening your social circle and getting to know other people that are not like you. And that's not to say you should do that purely so that it's like, uh, you know, Hello, you're I sitting am there using you for your, so that I may learn. Teach me I'm, your ways. You are like, like, anytime someone says something, it's just like, this is going to be great. This is, <laughs> oh, this is juicy. Like, you know, but no, I mean, like, it, it, it is one of those. This just Marvin, that <laughs> asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, it is, it is just go out and uh, talk to other people and learn about other people. And it's really not difficult to do those things but by the same token that is not to say that uh we should we should not be elevating those voices that are not exactly like ours so yeah white straight white guys can write anything and everything if they make the effort but this by the same token let somebody else like so at the very least, don't get offended by the concept that you have to go and experience more people. You have you have to get out there. Like if someone if someone says to <coughs> oh, excuse me, a, a white writer, uh, you know, a straight white writer, everything you write is monotonous. It kind of gets taken as like, you know, oh, you know, you, you're just you're just an insular loser. And it's like on one level, it's kind of true. You you wouldn't be writing this way if you had that exposure, and I can completely understand how there's a reaction to that because it's it's almost like a cliche of being like, well, we're just gonna pick on you because all you do is read comic books, and that that creates this cycle of you everything in your head sounds like a comic book, you know, like it's all the same mm-hmm. fucking dialogue. Uh, yeah, but it's also kind of true where it's like just go read something else. Go talk to someone. For the love right. of God. <laughs> to, when people bring up Harry Potter and it's like, read another book. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I don't know. I'm curious to see where things go from here. Um, because I... Whether or not things like Comics Gate fizzle, I that's not that is not the future of well anything, honestly. But you know, more specifically when it's all said and done, I am curious to see what the future holds for not just trans characters but trans creators 
because yeah there is there aren't a ton of there aren't a ton of uh voices out there that are not like you said you know cishet actors playing trans characters you know it's like that's not yes their job is to pretend to be somebody else but come on like yeah you can't you can't really know how how it is and and it's not that hard to find people who are willing to do these things to to act in those movies to write those books to draw them to do and to do these things that it's like all you have to do is look around and see there are plenty of people willing to do it uh they just have to be given an opportunity yeah exactly and you know it it's it just kind of feeds itself where you know oh you don't have enough experience <clears throat> so we're not going to give it to you <clears throat> so we're not diverse but we would be diverse if we hired you but you need to have more experience that yeah on and on yeah yeah so yeah it it, it, it kind of doesn't help it itself and I, I absolutely agree that comic gate uh, comics gate isn't sustainable it it's not profitable to begin with so on the very basic level it's not sustainable um it's based on hating something which isn't sustainable emotionally you just eventually run out of shit but the underlying concerns that it has from certain straight, white, cis, whatever people are still going to be there. You know, there's still going to be that concept of ownership that isn't really earned. But I completely understand, and I'm sure you do as well, as someone who grew up reading comics in the 90s, hanging out in comic book shops back when they were still sacred ground i guess kind of like right. you know you, you secret clubs essentially you know, yeah you you had to you had to know what you're looking for um, someone someone long ago i wandered into a comic book shop and they asked me uh how did why why i was in there it, it had nothing to do with my identity it was more like they just opened and they were trying to do some market research and i mm. pointed out their name it was like infinite infinite conundrum or something i said that's the name of a comic book store hmm. it's it's like the secret language that i don't feel like is used as much anymore comic book stores still have silly names but it's no longer like a secret code for nerds. yeah and i think people are just simply reacting to that that fact it's like what no this was this was a thing that made me special i understood the yeah. secret yeah, because none of their actual like points hold up even under the basic scrutiny. And I and I understand I understand the impetus of this was more special when it was just us. And and I get that, but like my big thing, my big thing has always has always been like don't get me wrong. I like back in the day, I loved reading Deadpool. Um, and am I happy with everything they've done with the character? No, but ultimately more people 
liking the things I like means more of the thing I like. Um, if more people are right, right, are reading Deadpool, then that means more Deadpool stuff is being put out. And is all of it going to be good? No, of course not. Because that much output, there's going to be some crap. But surely the fact that there's more of it means there's going to be more good shit in there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. Well, like, what if someone tried to apply that to Batman? Like, no, there's too much Batman. I, I reject that version of Batman you have. Like, mm-hmm. no, we, we can't do Adam West. Batman would never be silly. It's like, but he was, and it was successful and popular, and it's a necessary part of it. And that necessary part wouldn't have been there if you were in charge, because you wouldn't right. have, you wouldn't have allowed it. Right, and that's and that's one thing you know. I guess you know, growing up, um, it was always it was always like um, you know, I've been a Transformers fan my entire life, and that's not always been super easy, but. Uh, you know, it is it is really odd that you see these people who are just like it's generation one or nothing. Um and it's just like first of all, every new show that comes out is somebody's first. And if they love that show, they're gonna go back and they're gonna find the stuff that you love, and then they'll be able to have that conversation and be like, Yeah, this is really cool, and you can be like, I know, right? Whereas but so often, especially for a series that is based on the con- the concept of change and adaptation for people to be like, everything was better when I was a kid, you know, it's everything just like, man, was just... better when I was actively being sold to. <laughs> well, yeah, that, but also, but also like everything was better before I had the cognitive ability to discern what was actually good or bad. Um, but yeah, it's like, you know, just let people, let people have what they, you know, it's the, it's the same thing with, uh, if you look at Teen Titans Go, uh, you know, people are just like, well, it's not Teen Titans. And it's like, well, but people were saying that the Teen Titans cartoon that came before that wasn't Teen Titans. And they said that about like literally everything, every version of the characters ever. It's, but eventually like the next thing comes along and then the last thing people were bitching about is accepted as canon. And it's just, just fucking accept it. Yeah. Just, it is what it is. You can, you can consume that or not, but like, let people have let people have their thing like i don't know yeah well no i i absolutely agree i actually i kind of like the way that i think star trek has addressed that exact same issue where it's like yeah we have multiple different versions and the reason that i think star trek fans accept or are more accepting of the multiple different versions is they understood that <laughs> depending if you can ex- <laughs> <laughs> if you can explain something in star trek that's it like there's the canon. There's if you can trekno babble something, it's cemented. Mm-hmm. And they managed to trekno babble their multiverse. 
So you can't complain about any of it because you have an in-universe way of nerding your way through it. And maybe if, if Teen Titans had found a way of nerding their way through it, of, you know, like being like, no, 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 all of this is legitimate. If you like Titans, if you like Go, those are vastly different things, but they're all legitimate under this structure that we all accept fundamentally. Well, I'm curious to see because they have a movie that's coming out that's Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go. So I'm curious to see if they're actually going to wind up doing that in some way. Like, oh, right. I forgot about the post credit scene in uh, Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, they may be. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because uh, maybe that maybe they'll find a way to reconcile it that people will stop bitching. But I doubt it. <laughs> Someone, like, someone will always bitch, but if you can give them a mechanism where they can at least, like, accept it under that mechanism, I hope, I hope maybe they won't bitch. Personally, I, uh, I love Go. There's, I, 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 I had seen a couple of episodes randomly, and I'm like, this isn't bad. But then my daughter actually started actively watching it, and it is fucking hilarious. It is. Oh my God, Robin is so insane. He's so wonderfully broken, and it's like this is act. <laughs> this is exactly it. it. He suddenly starts screaming "baka" at you, and you're like, "No, that seems about right." This is a broken child. Fundamentally, or, like, what is it where they see his room at Wayne Manor, and like it's it's a stone room with like a <laughs> bit of straw on the floor, and they're like, "Didn't you ever want anything like?" anything more than this and he's like well i did want a bell biv devoe poster and they're like <laughs> what and he's like yeah it would have gone right here <laughs> or uh my my favorite my absolute favorite is the episode with kid flash where uh he he gets so tired of kid flash because he says he's a one trick pony and then he's like he challenges him to a foot race and he's just like, no, it's cool. I just have to believe in myself. And they're like, I don't know if that's right. And he's like, no, it's true. You put it, you think it and you put it out into space and then it comes back as the thing you want. And they're like, okay. And so they're all, they're all like, like yeah. yeah, do it. And so he loses, of course. And uh, Kid Flash gets leadership of the Titans so then Robin comes back and, and he's just like um, trying to prove himself again. So he challenges him to another foot race and Cyborg's like, are you sure this all started because you did this in the first place? Like, are you sure you want to do this again? And Robin's like, no, I am believing in myself more than I ever have before. And Cyborg's like, all right. And so the, so Cyborg fires off the starter's pistol and Robin busts out his bow staff and whacks Kid Flash <laughs> in the leg. And Kid Flash is like rolling around on the ground and he's like, oh God, I heard something rip. <laughs> and like Robin just takes off running and all of the Titans are crying because it's like this beautiful moment while Kid Flash is laying on the ground with like a a powderized 
kneecap. It's the it's the best. And I and I understand it's not like it's not the it's not the Teen Titans that it was, but the Teen Titans that it was was not the Teen Titans that it was before that. And ultimately, like I get kind of frustrated because my my brother-in-law came over and my daughter was like you know trying to show him teen titans go and he's like i don't i don't like go and she's like why not and he's like seeing the seeing uh seeing somebody making fun of the thing you love is really hard and i'm like well first of all you like space balls, so don't even come at me with that. Second of all, uh, like, if you love something, your love should be strong enough to survive yeah. a bit of poking fun at it. Like, like just enjoy it for what it is, man. Well, like, it's not trying it's, to shit on it. I haven't watched either of these shows. I have to reveal my blind spot real quick. But it's... When I... I was the guy that for five minutes, maybe was like, it's not the Bruce Tim eh, or yeah. Is that right? No. Bruce Tim. Yeah. Like yeah. The, the animated series, the, the Batman, the animated series, the nineties, right. it's not that universe. No. And then after like five minutes later, I was like, I have forgotten what we were talking about. <laughs> like, so I didn't care. And, uh, see a doctor, Max. That's, that's, <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> Who are you people? Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, um, uh, personally, I, I think, like, uh, uh, my favorite episode of it, I think, um, encapsulates why some people may have some issues with it. Uh, uh, my favorite episode is the one where um, they, they learn to read. Reading is fundamental. <laughs> and it starts off with what what people bring their presumption. Presum- it starts off with how with the kind of presumptions people bring to go based just on looking at it. This is a children's show. This is the storyline of this episode is we have to learn to read. Reading is good. Learn to read kids. But they, in having that prejudice, they miss the point of wading through it halfway through the episode. It switches up and it's not just reading is fundamental and fun. They become addicted to it. Like it's heroin. (laughs) So there's a point when Robin is like crawling up Cyborg's leg going, you got to give me that book, man. You got to give me that book. I need to read. I need to read. And they're all having these like, like coming down fits and shakes and they're freaking out and they end up having this incredible, uh, uh, like they, they, they create a supervillain out of reading and it, it, it threatens to kill the world. And their solution is to say, Reading is boring as shit. Let's make this horrible. And it ends on the message of fuck reading. (laughs) And it's just, this is perfect. Yeah. 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 And it's one of those things like my daughter, my daughter is five. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, situations where I'll be watching it with her and I'll have to be like, don't don't listen to what they're saying. Do not do not do this. They're being so do not. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because because it's like you know, watching it as an adult, I get what they're doing, but she's just like, wow. So B 
Beast Boy acts like a stalker because he's in love. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's dial that. If a guy does that, you call the police. Like, you know, yeah. And so it is, it's, it's, it's so subversive and she's so young and doesn't get it. Like, so I have to be, I have to watch it with her and be like, now what Robin did there was really crazy and not, not okay. okay. Like, like okay. if you're in a foot race with someone, do not Tanya Harding them. Okay? Don't do that. <laughs> or the dodgeball episode where they're like, we can't win. What do we do? We cheat. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, do not, do not listen to this show. So it ends up in this weird middle ground where it's not for the audience it seems to be for because holy shit. And the audience that is for half of it legit don't get it. Yeah. Because it looks like it's it's for kids. It's like, oh, you're missing out on possibly the, 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 the best, most subversive cartoon in a long time. And, you know, saying that as someone who watches way too many subversive cartoons. Right, right. Well, yeah, and and I'm surprised it has succeeded the way it has because when you when you look at like something like Invader Zim, yeah. which is which Jonan Vasquez is just such a fundamentally fucked up human <laughs> being, and then he goes and he makes a cartoon for Nickelodeon which is supposed to be airing on like Sunday mornings. And you're just kind of like, what is it? Admittedly, this is the same network that had Ren and Stimpy and Rocco's modern life, but still it's just kind of like, yeah, I can see why it failed. And I, I'm surprised sometimes that teen Titans go has succeeded as well as it has with being as, as adult in humor because yeah a lot of it is like uh, farts but like there's so much more going on underneath the surface that i don't i don't understand how it has worked as well as it has uh ratings wise but you know i think maybe i answered my own question with the uh, farts <laughs> but, but anyway. anyway but no it, it's true like <laughs> There's there's an episode of it where they uh, two of the characters just say one word. I can't remember what it is right now. Waffles. Waffles. Yeah, that's it. And it's one of the most popular episodes. There is no conflict aside from stop fucking saying waffles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they beat the villain by saying waffles. Let's say waffles. Like, that's yeah. it. It's just brother blood can't handle it. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you know, who know who knows why things suddenly become popular when every instance of them beforehand has failed yeah i don't know mini moose forever man mini moose, moose forever, forever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh <laughs> do we need to get back on track or have we pretty much covered everything we want to cover here uh, oh well uh uh, there was there is one thing that I'll definitely uh, uh, touch on. Um, and I meant to earlier, but like it, it just didn't go with the flow of the conversation. Uh, before you mentioned uh, the Invisibles, mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's really interesting to kind of track uh, track precedent and how things evolve. Like 
um, to tie it back uh, to Invader Zim. So Zim probably failed because it was too new. It was too weird, too out there. But because of Zim, you now have a, a, uh, like a line that you can point to. So they can, they can make Go and Go as a success because you, you point at Zim and be like, there's the craziest. We're not going to get there, but we're going to get within the area where people buy things from this. Mm-hmm. We're going to get the consumer sweet spot. And Invisibles, of course, had Lord Fanny. And Lord Fanny was progressive for the time. Uh, now Lord Fanny would kind of be like, it's kind of like a Graham Linehan joke of like, oh, no, that was, at the time it was good and representative. Now it's just offensive. Because Lord Fanny yeah. isn't transgender. Lord Fanny is a transvestite. Very specifically uses female identity as like a weapon or a secret identity or something like they are not female lord fanny is a guy who presents himself uh, female for power and like at the time uh, in the 90s that absolutely was subversive but now because of the complexity uh, of of the debate it's now just like, oh, fuck, no. We, we don't talk about Lord Fanny. Because it, it just boosters, like, a lot of turf logic. Which is a shame, because I love the Invisibles. I, uh, I, a lot of the things I... The, the perspective I bring to, to things is because of the Invisibles. Really an important book in my life. <coughs> but... You can't even like turn it into a movie or update it or bring it back. It it existed as a necessary road sign, like, uh, and, oh. and and has to kind of be left where it was. You can't just update that perspective anymore. Right. Kind of like I mean to to put it into kind of like a superhero comic terms like if if you look at if you look at the the dark knight returns you know i i feel like that even is a is a relic of batman at that time uh and so the reason you you have to view it in terms of the context it was created in and how seminal it was because as a story does it you know whether or not it actually holds up still is debatable but when you look at it from the standpoint of well the feeling around dc was there was nowhere to really take batman anymore and then frank miller comes along and does year one and dark knight returns and they're just like oh fuck there is and you know Like you said, it's one of those signposts more so than something that is as timeless. Yeah, and and I almost feel like Comic Gates kind of people uh, are stuck on those signposts. Um, You're supposed to keep moving, but they've determined that the signpost is the journey and destination, not the fucking end of the road. Or, or actually continuing past it. Right. Huh. Neat little yeah, because uh, 
do what? Neat little bow on that. On that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Cool. Well, uh, I dev- I dev- I want to thank you for joining us. This has been a great conversation. Thank you and, so much uh, for having me on. It, it, it's been really fun. Yeah, I I don't know about you, Max. I'd love to have you back on at some point. Yeah, just to just to bullshit. Uh, you know, like you know, I can do that. I can do that. Uh, <laughs> Because yeah, this is I've I've genuinely enjoyed this conversation. So, do what? Absolutely, thank you. Sorry, and, yeah, and thank you, thank, thank everyone, thank thank you, everyone, thank thank me, thank you, thank the cat that is now trying to get my attention because I've ignored her for two hours. Yeah, same here. I uh, fucking Boudica. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's she's the worst. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, uh, so thanks for joining us, and uh, thank you, listener, for uh, joining us as we uh, meandered our way uh, here. And uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Have a marvelous week. Outside.